Welcome to Hang Your Hat, a podcast about ideas that are close to home. This is episode nine. Smells like teen spirit? In this week's episode, I discuss why your house smells but you don't smell it, and why teenagers don't care that their bedroom reeks as well as odor removers, stinky feet, and why linen closets smell funny. So grab some air freshener, hold your nose, and let's get started. we decided to give our tiny coat closet a mini makeover to make it more functional and beautiful. We painted it and put up some hooks for coats and bags and some small hooks for accessories and added a big basket on the floor to hold out to hold shoes. It looked really great and it was a lot more functional than it had been previously. But after a couple of weeks of use, it became apparent that we had a problem. It smelled like feet. And not just feet, really smelly, stinky feet. I, of course, immediately went into research mode to see how we could fix this problem. It turns out that shoes stink because, surprise, surprise, the feet inside them stink. So to fix the stinky shoe problem, we had to fix the stinky feet problem. You may think that feet stink when they are sweaty, but that's not entirely true. Feet stink because the bacteria that live on feet give off byproducts that stink. And the inside of warm, sweaty shoes just happens to be the perfect environment for these bacteria to grow in. The sweatier, the better. And feet are really, really sweaty. On average, they produce about one cup of sweat every day. That is more than any other body part. Fortunately, there are actually some pretty easy ways to keep your feet from stinking by making your feet and shoes an unpleasant environment for bacteria to grow. First, you got to keep your shoes as dry as possible by letting your feet breathe. This lets moisture escape from your shoes. Leather or canvas shoes allow feet to breathe far better than plastic shoes, so feet don't stay as wet in them. Sandals are even better if your climate or lifestyle allows for them. Socks made from natural materials like cotton or, my preference, wool, also help feet breathe better than synthetic materials like polyester or nylon. Wool also has natural antibacterial properties that make it doubly unpleasant for bacteria. And for those of you thinking that you can't wear wool because you live in a warm climate, I live in Florida. It's hot here. And I'm telling you from experience that a pair of thin wool socks is very comfortable, even in the summertime. Next, you have to let your shoes dry out completely between wears. And chances are that they are not completely dry if you wore them the day previously. Give them at least 24 hours between wears. Keep in mind that the longer the shoe stays damp, the longer bacteria has to grow and produce stinky byproducts. So in the fight against stinky feet and shoes, this one is surprisingly important. Next, take care of your feet by keeping them clean and dry. I think it goes without saying that you should wash your feet and change your socks every day. 
but you should also remove tough callus spots on your feet because these spots get soggy when your feet are wet and they are an ideal place for bacteria to grow. Not to mention a perfect excuse to get a pedicure. If all of this fails, it's time to take more drastic measures. There are currently for sale specially made antibacterial socks that have been treated with chemicals to keep foot bacteria at bay. You could also use medicated insoles or even use spray antiperspirant on your feet. Just think of the spaces between your toes like tiny little armpits. The last line of defense before you go to the doctor, and you may need to go to the doctor, is using antibacterial products like soaps and gels directly on the feet. They even make some specifically for feet, which your pharmacist can probably help you find. While you're waiting for all of this to take effect, you can take more immediate measures by sticking some odor absorbers like baking soda or activated charcoal directly in the shoes when they're not being worn, so that your coat closet doesn't smell like feet. Speaking of odor absorbers, how do they actually work? perfumes or air fresheners that mask unpleasant odors, odor absorbers actually remove the unpleasant odor from the air. Better yet, there are a lot of cheap, very readily available odor absorbers, some of which you probably already have in your own house. A few of the most common odor absorbers are baking soda, vinegar, and activated charcoal and they all absorb odors in slightly different ways. Baking soda is an amphoteric substance, which means it can act as both an acid and a base. Many odor-causing compounds are either acids or bases, and they react with baking soda to form a less volatile salt, which reduces the absorbed odor. Baking soda also has a slight absorption effect. Small odor molecules can diffuse into the porous baking soda, and they have difficulty diffusing back out. Vinegar acts similarly. It is an acid and reacts with alkali odor molecules to neutralize their pH. The neutralization of the pH of the odor also neutralizes the odor. However, the odor neutralization abilities of both baking soda and vinegar are pretty limited, They are better at cleaning up what caused the smell than actually removing the odor. The gold standard of odor removal is activated charcoal. Activated charcoal, also called activated carbon or activated coal, is a form of carbon that has been processed to make it extremely porous so that it has an extremely large surface area available for absorption or chemical reactions. It is used to filter gases and liquids and has even been used to capture radioactive gases given off by nuclear reactor turbine condensers. The problem with the use of activated charcoal for smell removal is that it isn't very good at just sucking ambient smells out of a room. It really needs to have the air that needs to be filtered pumped through it. If you really want to remove the stain from your room, the only good solution is to go after the source of the smell and eliminate it. Or, failing that, crack a window. Since we moved into our current house, we've been slowly remodeling it. And the next space on the list to be updated is our hallway, 
including the linen closet at the end of the hall. We don't use the linen closet very much because it mostly holds extra sheets for when guests come to visit and winter blankets, which we don't use all that often since we live in Florida. Well, in preparation for the upcoming hallway remodel, I decided that I need to con Marie the linen closet by calling through the items in there that I don't love and keeping only the items that I do love. However, when I started pulling stuff out of the closet, I realized that I don't love any of it because it stinks. I know everything that has gone into the linen closet has gone in clean and fresh smelling, but somehow sitting undisturbed in the closet has given everything a musty funk. I, of course, had to find out why this occurs, and even more importantly, how to stop it. As it turns out, the reaction is actually pretty obvious if you stop to think about it. Linen closets are usually small, dark, enclosed spaces that don't have a lot of airflow and are stuffed full of what amounts to humidity sponges. In short, they are a perfect spot for mold and mildew to grow. Mildew is a fungus that is closely related to mold. You can distinguish it from mold because mildew is white and mold generally isn't. However, you probably won't see mold or mildew in your linen closet unless you have an especially bad case of it. What you will notice is a musty odor. For mold or mildew to grow, it needs a source of food. Any organic material will do. So your cotton sheets and wool blankets make a great mildew buffet. They also need fairly high relative humidity, between 62 and 93%, and pretty much any temperature that humans find comfortable to live in, although 77 to 88 degrees Fahrenheit is preferred. In Florida where I live, these conditions are present roughly 90% of the time. Mold and mildew are not that easy to kill, so it is best to keep it from growing in your linen closet in the first place. The best way to do that is to keep it as dry as possible. First, don't put any linens in the closet unless they are bone dry. Then, reduce the overall humidity in your house by running a dehumidifier or an air conditioner, both of which pull moisture out of the air. The air conditioner has the added benefit of cooling the air in the house, which reduces the total amount of moisture that the air can hold, or the air's moisture-carrying capacity. You can further reduce the humidity in the closet by putting a desiccant in it. Desiccants are hydroscopic substances that are used as drying agents. The most common kind used is silica gel. You see little packages of it sometimes in food that needs to stay very dry. Desiccants are made from other substances as well, such as calcium chloride. This type of desiccant is used in a popular household moisture absorber called Damprid. Household desiccants usually absorb water from the surrounding air and store it as water in the desiccant container. Once the container is full of water, the desiccant has absorbed all of the water it can and it needs to be changed out. If you already have mildew, you need to get rid of it. If you need to get mildew out of fabric, you have a couple of options. Fabric that can be bleached can be washed in hot water and household bleach to kill the mildew. Oxygen bleach will work for colored fabric. Borax is another option. It's a natural mold killer and it doesn't release harsh fumes like bleach. To use it, 
Stick your fabric in the washing machine and start the wash load like normal. Once the machine is filled with water, add a half cup of borax that has been dissolved in hot water, then finish the wash load like normal. And don't worry, you can probably find borax in the laundry aisle of your supermarket. Vinegar is also effective at killing 82% of the mold species you'll find in your house and will generally kill the mold and mildew growing on clothes and deodorize them. You can add a cup or two of vinegar to your wash load or soak your fabric in it. However, mold and mildew will damage fabric. So again, it's best to prevent it from forming in the first place. Have you ever walked into someone's house and found that it smelled like a thousand cats lived there? Or stinky wet dogs had been rolling all around the carpets? but nobody that lived in the house seemed to be bothered by the smell at all? You can thank olfactory fatigue for that. Olfactory fatigue, also known as olfactory adaptation, is the temporary inability to smell an odor after prolonged exposure to it. In other words, once you get used to a smell, you don't notice it anymore. That means that you can't smell your own house, and yes, it does have an odor. Every house has its own unique odor that comes from the people that live there, pets, cleaning supplies, even your furniture. So how can you tell if your house smells like flowers or feet? Increased blood flow to your nose can increase your ability to detect familiar smells. So a bit of exercise might help you smell your home. But the best way is to take a break from your house. After you've been away from home for a few days, you will lose your adaptation to the smell. When you walk into the front door, take a big whiff, but make sure you do it quickly because you will start to adapt again in a couple of sniffs. The good news is that being concerned about a smell will slow down your adaptation to it. So if you are worried your house stinks, you might have a few extra minutes to figure it out. If you have a teen or preteen in your house, you may have noticed that their bedrooms have their own distinct smell and it often isn't a pleasant one. The good news is that it is not just because your teenager is a slob, although that could contribute. Teenagers just stink more than younger kids or adults. For one, they sweat more and from brand new places. Puberty turns on hormones, which in turn crank up sweat production. The hormones also turn on apocrine sweat glands that are not really active in kids. These glands, which are mostly in the armpits and the groin, produce oily sweat. And when bacteria breaks down this kind of sweat, it's extra stinky. You might think that your stinky kids can't smell their room because of olfactory fatigue, but that isn't the whole story. Researchers in Denmark found that teens are not very good at recognizing the smell of BO in general. In fact, they found that teens were not able to distinguish a lot of common scents, like cigarette smoke and soap. However, the teens were good at distinguishing the smell of Coca-Cola, ketchup, and marshmallows. The researchers theorized that kids need exposure to scents over time to learn to distinguish them. The ability to distinguish and name odors is a skill that takes years to master. Teens will probably be able to distinguish the smell of sweat right around the time that they stop stinking. Thank you for listening. 
I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate the show or leave a review on iTunes. I'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. If you would like to get in touch, in the meantime, please send me an email at hangyourhatpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit the website hangyourhatpodcast.com. The Hang Your Hat Podcast is a production of jerworkingcrafts.com. That is G-E-R-W-E-R-K-E-N, crafts, all one word, dot com. You can visit Jerworking Crafts for DIY, home decor, crafts, tutorials, and more.